Hello and welcome back to the Now We Know Show, the show where we discuss a topic of interest and by the end we will have learnt something new and hopefully you will too. I'm Zach. I'm Buzz. And I'm Jack. And I'm Colin. And we are talking about... Lord of the Rings. Everything Tolkien. If you enjoy the Now We Know Show podcast, why not support Zach World Productions on our Patreon page? Become an official ZWP patron for as little as £1 a month for exclusive early access to all our latest episodes, videos, behind the scenes, updates and more. So that brings us neatly into Word of the Week. 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 Okay. We always good at that So Word of the Week is all about old English words we don't use anymore. All you have to do is write down what you think it means in the comments. We will then reveal what it means at the end of the episode so you can find out if you got it right. Okie dokie. So, the word of the week this week is... What is it, Zach? Erstwhile. Erstwhile? Yes, erstwhile. Erstwhile? Yes, oh. erstwhile. Spelt E-R-S-T-W-H-I-L-E. Erstwhile. Sounds like a connective, like, whilst or, like, during or something like that. Keep your theories to yourself. Better keep it to the end. We'll Elsewhere. keep it to the end. So in this episode, we're talking all about Lord of the Rings. Now, you may ask, why Lord of the Rings? Why today? Why are we talking about it? Mm. It's because on the 25th of March, which I believe is on Friday, so that'll be the day after this podcast comes out, it is Tolkien Reading Day. Huzzah! Does anyone know what Tolkien Reading Day is? Is that I'm a day assuming, yes. A day where you dedicate to You're your day... to... To read Tolkien. Yeah, read The Hobbit. (laughs) Okie dokie. So, Tolkien Reading Day is held on the 25th of March each year. The date of the 25th of March was chosen as the date of which the ring was destroyed, completing Frodo's quest and vanquishing Sauron. It has been organised by the Tolkien Society since 2003 to encourage fans to celebrate and promote the life and works of J.R.R. Tolkien by reading favourite passages. It is encouraged that schools, museums and libraries host their own Tolkien Reading Day events. Ooh, we never did that at school. I know. That <laughs> is like, I'm missing out. Yeah. I'm, I'm really missing out on they that. They brought it out in 2003, so way after <laughs> I came out of school. Yeah. So in this episode, we're going to be talking mostly about Tolkien and his works, such as Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, and various others. Kind Silmarillion. Of the Silmarillion. Yeah. I think there's one called The Children of Her. I've got that one, but I've not actually read it. Mm-hmm. Um, out of interest, who here has read the books? That'll be definitely me, because well, I've read, read them since <laughs> I was a kid, starting with a I'm, I'm not going to lie about this. I've listened to bits on okay, audio. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. So it's not necessarily reading them. I say I've probably gone through them every six to eight years. I read them at quite a while ago. I'm more familiar with The Fellowship of the Rings. I've read that a couple of times. But the last two I kind of skipped through quite quickly, and I probably need to go back and read them properly say, as yeah. an adult. <laughs> to go through them quick, quickly. <laughs> yeah. Well, wasn't it um, Christopher Lee who read the Lord of the Rings trilogy like every year? I think, wasn't he the only member of the cast to have actually met J.R.R. Tolkien in person? Yeah, I, I think, think so. I think from like, the, was one of the uh, trivia. From the appendices, yeah. Yeah. In the, the behind the scenes discs. Um, you're probably right there, Jack. I mm. think I recall something like that. But uh, of course, then we've, we've jumped from the actual written yeah. books. The books were released in the 50s, I want to mm-hmm. say, and then Hobbit was the 
there. Yeah, the, 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 the hobby was the first, obviously. And yeah. Then the publishers decided they wanted him to take it further, mm. and then I, I think he just they, the, the publishers <laughs> thought he went a little bit over the top. We're going from a kids' book that's like you know pretty yeah, basic, as yeah. thick as your thumb, to, to this massive trilogy of books. books. We're glad he did. We oh are, yeah, definitely. We're all glad he did. Yes. And wasn't it originally one book? Like it was supposed to be like one big book, but he split it up into yeah, three. Split up into three, three books. I think it's six actually. Isn't yeah, it? you can get get it into in, into lots of different volumes. Yeah, it? I think it's six because you got they're all in two parts. I think. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, generally referred to as obviously Fellowship of the Ring, Two Towers, and then uh, Return of the King. Yes. Anyway, so. Yeah. Yes, most fabulous works. I remember when I first got into the Lord of the Rings, well, not the Lord of the Rings as such, but The Hobbit, um, but that would have been in the early 70s when I was a kid. And that was not from reading, because at the time I was probably too young to have started reading the, a book, which is probably aimed, what would you say The Hobbit is aimed at? Probably eight Eight upwards. to 13, yeah. maybe? Yeah. So Kids, yeah. teenagers, probably, yeah. I was probably about, Middle five, school, I was probably about five or six when I avidly listened with my mother to the BBC production of The Hobbit. I've heard of this. I think it was was Radio 4 that did that. I believe it came out around 1968. Oh, wow, that was an audio production. Oh, wow. It was was a condensed um, version, but listening to it on the radio, you know, I just, obviously we're talking about a time again, I know I spout about this a lot of the time, you only have about, um, I mean, three channels on the TV back in the early 70s, and you had uh, the other things that you listened to with the radio, and listened to things like later on, which would have been um, Radio 4's production of uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Brilliant. So you listen to these audio adaptations, and they just kind of bring you in and get your imagination going. And mm-hmm. when I listened to The Hobbit as a child, it really was a magical experience. You're just sitting there, you know, the lights are down, the radio's on, and you just drift into this well, world. Well, hopefully it'll be better than the animated version of The Hobbit that me and Jack watched. <laughs> that well, was weird. I, I've got to that say, I, I haven't seen that. That's that's El Hobbito or something. Well, <laughs> well, well, we call it El Hobbito because the DVD I got is in Spanish. <laughs> it's was, actually just called The Hobbit. <laughs> was, it, was, was it actually in Spanish? <laughs> there is a Spanish version. <laughs> yeah, I know, but when you watched it, was it in no, Spanish? No, we, we found the English version. Okay, yeah, I've yeah. never seen that. I've seen the pictures. To, yeah, we'll have I've to seen, bring it seen, The I've animation got... of some of the dwarves is very freaky. Yeah. Okay. Um, but as you were saying about the listening to the audio, it must have been amazing to listen to not having any visual version of it. No, in no, your mind, like that, that would have been before I read the book. Exactly, yeah. You see, and I think that kind of comes, we're going to jump forward a bit now, kind of with what we briefly said about when you said who's read Lord of the Rings, mm. uh, we'll use that term as covering like the, the Hobbit or the saga. The yeah. saga. <laughs> um, but obviously you've admitted you haven't read it uh, well to some of the audio. i've read the read graphic novel of the hobbit right okay that counts. <laughs> yeah, that counts um but yeah the main like lord of the rings you haven't i've, been, so, I've read a bit of the hobbit and, and i think a, an awful lot of people base their idea of lord of the rings nowadays on the peter jackson yeah, yeah. theatrical versions mm. we'll come to that in, in <laughs> but yeah, I I know there's fans out there that are really really serious Tolkien fans that that probably can like like if you're a super fan of anything, mm. um, you can come you can probably pick all these minute facts and things out of the books. But we mustn't 
forget that the planet is populated by like eight and a half billion people and actually in reality a majority of those have never read lord <laughs> of the rings have no interest in reading yeah. lord of the rings and will never read lord of the rings but watching lord but of the rings watching them that's <laughs> universal that's kind of yeah. universal and it, but even so i know lots of people that have watched peter jackson's lord of the rings and have said oh i didn't like that much mm-hmm. or no, I've never, they've actually said I've never watched it. So, yeah, there is going to still be a big potential of people out there that aren't familiar with Lord of the Rings, even if it's just the cinematic version. Yeah. And that's quite a talking point because we get all these different people that are like, oh, you know, if you haven't read it, you're not a real Tolkien fan, you know? Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> yada, yada. And that has now transcended on if you haven't seen the director's cut of the, the movie. Extended version. Extended version. That's what they call it, is it? The extended version. Yeah. You haven't seen that. Then you're not a true Tolkien fan, you know. <laughs> it's the fact that halfway through each one, you have to change the disc because it's so long. Yeah. Do you know, out of interest, do you know how popular the books were before the films came out? Were they like a big no, cultural they, success? They, 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 they were because even when I was a kid, I always remember people going on about Lord of the Rings, and and the and the poem, you know, one ring to rule them all, mm. one ring to find them, one testing to... your mind now, <laughs> one <laughs> ring to bring them all, and in the darkness bind them. You know. There you go. And, uh, <laughs> And it's um, yeah, and that just that that little portion of a poem in mm. there um, was really mystical. Drawn well, that's the yeah. thing; it's filled with mythology. Yeah, and things, I mean that's the thing it? we 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 kind of uh, yeah. A lot of people throw themselves into Lord of the Rings, and they they love the movies for what they are, and don't get. Uh, can I say anal? Don't get anal about what's missing out of the movies and things. You know? I guess you can say it. I've said it. Now. But people do. They, they, yeah, especially. Okay, so going back to when I was a kid, you didn't have social media, so the only thing you'd know about Lord of the Rings is if you discussed it with your, your friends mates in the playground. Yeah, yeah. Everyone would have their own interpretation. Or, of Or if you were at college or university, you might have a little mm, group, group of yeah. people that are, are fans. A uh, Tolkien society. It's on t- Tolkien society. <laughs> That's probably where it started. <laughs> That's probably where it started. But, um, but nowadays, you know, it's boom. It's, it's all over social media and people are hating all this and hating all that. And yeah. We'll get to that. In, There's in, liking in, too. There's liking too. There is liking. I mean, you feel all in social media, I get a bit fed up with reading things because there's so much negativity. negativity and you think, oh dear me. But anyway, we'll, we'll talk about Especially that. Especially towards the rings of power. I mean, we should mention as well, the before we even had the films, we had the Bashki animated film now, I really like that when that came out I think was it was it late 70s late 70s yeah when that came out I loved it mm-hmm. and it was because by that time I was familiar with the Lord of the Rings you know it, it's like if you if you had uh, a favorite book yourself well say Dune or something like that yeah. obviously Dune they brought out the original movie the David Lynch one and, and then they the brought new out the new one Dune podcast <laughs> if there's a book that you really like and then suddenly you hear on the grapevine you read an article in the paper because you wouldn't have obviously seen it on the, mm. the computer because we didn't have computers back then as, as in, in the way we do now. We didn't have the internet. So you would have read an article and say, oh, they're making a Lord of the Rings movie. And of course, you're going to go, wow, I want to <laughs> see that. And I really enjoyed watching that movie. I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but I came kind of liked it because I still feel, felt that the movie had that magical element to it. Some of it is maybe... Some of it wasn't perfect in my mind. Um, you know, like the uh, fire from Isengard is, is in the movie. It's kind of like 
multicolored fireballs flying through the air and things like that. You oh, know? Right. It's a bit weird, a bit, a bit psychedelic. psychedelic. Well, don't they call it Araman? Sarah, they call yeah. it Saruman Araman. He switches yeah. midway through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do remember that bit. Um, but, but I did like the way, obviously, you've seen it, Jack. Yes, yeah. yeah. yeah so I like the way they had the orcs, which were generally sort of like black in yeah, the way they were presented. Like they're kind of like purpley eyes. Up with purpley red eyes. And they were actually people. Mm. that were dressed up and they kind of somehow uh, layered it over the top of the animation. Yeah, it was very stylized, wasn't yeah. it? And I kind of maybe it was See, some, maybe it was, it was something at the time, but I liked that kind of odd style the way I think they it was did CSO, it. wasn't it? And they used a lot of it in Doctor Who mm-hmm. at the time as well. Yeah, and I, I I actually enjoyed it, but I know that some people now look back and go yeah, this is this isn't brilliant. Uh, yeah. by all means chip in here cuz well there's also the Russian version of Lord of the Rings that came out in the 80s which oh, yes. you can watch on YouTube which Oh wow, is, is that live action? Yes. <laughs> it's very very weird. I haven't, I haven't seen that one. I take a lot of uh, creative license license with that well, one. Well, I was going to say you've got a lot of versions of Lord of the Rings. We yeah. now know what you, we're going to do even, after this podcast. You've got the adult one, Lord of the Strings. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's not that type of podcast. Know, but, but I'm just saying that when you consider <laughs> works of Tolkien, they've been... <laughs> I don't think that's works of Tolkien. <laughs> I, quite, I quite enjoyed it. <laughs> I watched it what three I, times. <laughs> what I was going to say was, although that was, it actually was a very funny movie, but the thing is, it, Tolkien has become so popular yeah. that even yeah. those kind of movies... Fan productions. But again, again, I think that particular one was based on the films, wasn't it? So it was after the success of the films the, that have kind of Jackson, yeah. put it into like the pop culture. Yeah. Everyone sort of... Even you'd had... At the time, people would sort of parody it and make sort of sketches out of Lord of the Rings and make fun of the films, and it was that sort of cultural success. Oh, I would love that. You talk about parodies and sketches. Um, the one by, um, oh, School of Rock. Um, Jack Black. Jack yeah. Black. Yeah. Oh, no, the, that's that was, hilarious. That was, if you haven't seen that one, look it up on YouTube. That was really funny. Council of Elrond. Yeah. <laughs> Council of Elrond with Jack Black and, uh, and oh. um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, yeah. whose name escapes me. But, yeah, that was really funny. Um, but, yeah, yeah, so you've got these. But then, of course, the popularity of, of the books mm. before the movies, the popularity of the books stemmed... People wanting more, yeah, more, yeah. and that's why I think you kind of get the offshoot of the you know, board games and things, which, yeah, yeah. which probably because of copyright reasons couldn't go Lord down the Lord of the mm. Rings uh, direction. But then you get things like Dungeons and Dragons and Hero Quest and, and all these kind of different, and even on TV where there was uh, there was kids TV program games, and there was one on BBC and I, can't, well, I thought was it ITV and I can't remember think about what it was called, but this kind of suddenly having wizards and monsters and things it became cool. Oh, I know what you mean. Cool. It's the one where the kid had to, had build, to wear put the helmet on. Yeah, and I can't, can't, oh, I can't. I know what you mean. I yeah. can't remember. What well, it's I mean, talking about board games, me and Jack, we do like to play a very, very <laughs> complex Lord of the Rings board game That's... called. Uh, War of the Ring. Yeah, now I, I, I've heard a lot about this. I'm quite fancy having to go one day. Yes, we'll have to play. Sounds it. like a very, very steep game. learning curve. There is <laughs> yeah. books and. I mean, the instruction of... manual is basically a magazine. <laughs> I think. I think setting. Once, once you get it though, it's it's really fun. Setting it up takes yeah. a long time, yeah. <laughs> and then playing it takes even longer. Yeah. Well, I kind of feel the same when I got the uh, learn the easy way of doing Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> and I bought the board game and it kind of came with a board and it came with an instruction manual that was like an encyclopedia Britannica that had all these scenarios to play through 
And then right at the end, you flick through and you go, Jesus is big. And then it says, <laughs> and when you learn this, you don't need this. Yeah, yeah. I, go, oh God, I didn't even, I didn't get to the end of it. Trust me, just play HeroQuest. Okay. HeroQuest, yeah. that's that's the game to go right. for. I noticed what you said about it being like in the fantasy genre. I think it is probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest sort of, staple in the fantasy genre especially mm. with films obviously if you think yeah of, well you've got the hobbit you think of well. even game of thrones george yeah. rr R. martin was inspired a lot by lord of the rings yeah would game of thrones the series actually have come out if it weren't for lord of the rings well the books were well it's difficult to not to associate things you know with uh, jk rowling uh, yeah. and harry potter there are so many reflections in that of lord of the rings, lord of the rings mm. as well as lots of other mythology and let's just focus on lord of the rings for a moment even with uh, Tolkien, he's taken all his mm. inspiration from Norse mythology, Germanic yeah. mythology, things like uh, you know, the Anglo-Saxon Beowulf, the legend of Sigurd and Gudrun, and the Volsunga saga as well, which is a Norse saga. There's, <laughs> and, and you have all the ring giving in, in the Norse mythology where people give people rings and those dragons. and oh, That's really interesting. And so he, he takes upon a lot of that. So, of course, when you have that, other authors are going to just take a, 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 their a page own, out of their book. Well, they're going to do the same, well, and then people are going to say, oh, you know, you can compare this to Lord of the Rings. Tolkien himself studied ancient languages yeah, didn't he he was a professor of, of ancient languages have you seen out of interest have you seen the film Tolkien no I haven't I've seen parts it is, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> they seem to like who played the lead in that it was Nicholas the guy Hurst. who plays Beast in Beast, X-Men First yeah. Class yes Nicholas Hurst I think his name is something like that um, but they seem to like playing on the fact that it's a metaphor for the First World War they seem yeah. to use that a lot. When but I'm it's not. Sure. But yeah. it's not. Because that was the thing. Tolkien himself, there's actual video of him sitting there saying, this is not an allegory yeah. for any of this stuff. So it's I think just, that's... I sat down and I wrote a story. Yeah, that's yeah. the biggest issue with the film. Is that It's interesting to see like his early life and mm-hmm. the adaptation of it, because he was quite good friends later in life with C.S. Lewis. Did yeah, Lion, did Witch, Narnia, and Wardrobe. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting in that way, but all the World War One stuff is a bit... I don't know. It's a. It's kind of up to it's your. It's looking for reasons. Yeah. You can. You, you can see why people think that though, because mm. you know when you he was obviously in the the trenches, uh, and he witnessed all that, and you can only think that somebody that's witnessed all that is going to write it into their uh, text. You know, yeah. they're going to have reflections of what their own experiences. Right, what you know and everything. Yeah. And um, and of course, when it comes on to like the scouring of the Shire, mm. you know, the industrialization of yeah uh, of of the uh, UK where the factories are tearing down forests and building yeah people are going to see that but he did say himself it wasn't anything to do with that at all yeah, you can I draw think... conclusions and things but he did say because yeah. I think I, in the I think f- that's, that's pretty conclusive it's from the horse's mouth so to speak yeah I think they talk about as well because they talk about the relationship between Frodo and Sam being like an officer uh, and, and, a his, and a Batman um, if you don't know what Batman is, it's not Batman. <laughs> I was literally thinking of Michael Keaton. <laughs> I, I, I might just jump in there. A Batman is somebody who basically runs around behind the officer, a bit like um, a butler. Yeah, yeah. So he's so very like, personal. It's like sure, yeah, yeah. Making yeah. sure his his uniforms are all pressed, that his shoes are polished, that everything that he's doing is done, and, yeah. and they have such a close relationship mm. that that. Batman would do anything for the officer, lay down their yeah. life to protect the officer. It's Baldrick. Yeah, and, they, and they play on that in the film, and I think, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they even call the Batman Sam. Sam. <laughs> so it's so on the nose in that film, but yeah. if you get a chance to see it, I'm, 
Go for it. It's worth watching, but maybe don't take it too seriously. Too literal. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, too literal. But yeah, but then again, yeah, we're talking uh, about his works, and when you read Zach, when you read the books, there are there's so much in them that couldn't get into the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I I felt that Peter Jackson and his team, because there was that lady that was uh, an authority. Pippa. Yeah, I think it's his wife, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. um, She did a fantastic job, in my opinion. Uh, because you know, you, you when you're trying to put something into a sudden, suddenly visual, vis, visualize a concept of, of somebody's story. When re, we read books as individuals, what's in my mind is not going to be the same as what's in your mind. Yeah. I mean, the author can describe characters, and we might have a very sort of similar idea of what they look like. But if you could. If we, were, if we were all, all really good artists and we could draw things and yeah. then suddenly turn our pictures around. It's all going to be different. They're going to be different. Yeah. And so when you turn a book that is so beloved as Lord of yeah. the Rings and so dense, as you say, with so much in it, and you've got to cut, not cut corners as such, but you, you've got to... Got to be selective on what you You've got to be selective on what you're going to put in because, uh, you know, film is both... It's is, is a version of entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. want to entertain the public. You don't, you don't want, want to bore them. bore them to death. So... Peter Jackson and his team were very sympathetic and they put some of the lines, like from Tom Bombadil, they gave lines to Treebeard. Treebeard. They cut other characters out yeah. and supplanted them you know, with uh, other things. But they did a good job. But even when the movies came out, still people were saying, oh, you know, they've missed this out there. There's no Tom Bombadil. There's no this. There's no that one. <laughs> Who's Arwen? Why is Arwen saving Frodo at the, at the fall? I think in the book she's only in it for a couple yeah, of pages or something. She's, she's not in it a lot, but... Yeah. Towards the end, more so because she does end up, um, yeah. as in the movie, she did, does end up marrying and being with uh, Aragorn and uh, not going off to the Dundee. I know so. a lot of people had a thing with the fact that Saruman got killed off at the beginning of Return of the King and didn't invade didn't go, the Shire. Didn't go to the Shire. But no. the counter argument to that is you do see in Fellowship of the Ring a kind of. Like a vision oh, of that happening. Uh, bowl. Bowl. Yeah, looking, looking into <laughs> sure a better title. Yeah. Just trying to think what that, that uh, looking into. Yeah, if, if you know what the bowl is called, Galadriel's bowl. <laughs> well, it's interesting you say about fitting like the dense, how much how dense the book is into the films. Because if I heard correctly in the um, appendices, they talk about how New Line Cinema wanted Peter Jackson to do two films. They wanted to. They wanted him to fit all three books into two films. Yeah. And he said, that's simply not possible with the amount of stuff I need to put in. I need three films. And mm-hmm. they eventually gave him the three, the trilogy. Thank but, goodness. But that kind, Thank goodness. kind of is a reflection jumping onto the Hobbit movies. Mm. That was meant to be filmed as two. That's the opposite. Yeah. yeah and, and, and then again, they had their rap party and then he called everybody back and said, no, no, we're, we're turning into three. Well, that was the thing. Cause it was only supposed to be like, the two, but then... Well, it's a very thin book. Yeah, there's yeah. so much like extra story added in to kind of pad, pad it, it out. out. Yeah. Now, now, don't get me wrong. I, I am a Tolkien fan. I love Tolkien. And for me, whether it's good, bad or indifferent, I actually like to see Seymour. Hmm. I like people's interpretation because that's what we're talking about. Yeah. We're talking about somebody's visualisation, somebody's interpretation of a story. They might add things in that weren't there. They might change things. I mean, the... But I'd rather see it 
the Nazi is, yeah. if I you mean, know what I mean. We talk about the animated version, how much you like that. And mm-hmm. it's so different to the films, but oh, you yeah. can still like both because yeah. they're well, two that's the different. Thing. I think if somebody saw the, the it, we're very familiar with the Peter Jackson, they never watched the animated one. They'd probably yeah. watch the animated one and go, "Oh God, I hate it." Would <laughs> you prefer to have one hundred copies of exactly the same thing, or would you like one hundred copies of the same thing that is slightly different to each other, so you'd be able to watch something? Hundred slightly different versions of something, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know where I know where you're coming from, and I, I, I dare say there's people that say that more is not always better, mm. but and quality obviously is in the eye of the beholder. What's well, the old the old saying? It's quality over quantity. Type quality yeah. over quantity. Yeah. But again, there are some people, and I've, I've met people. But when the quantity is really good, yeah. But I've met <laughs> people that have said, "Oh, I can stand." Lord of the Rings the movie didn't like it at all like this and you go okay okay fine don't get too carried away it's up to you yes it's up to you Um, so but I would like more and I think you get that in other movies and other genres as well because you know going back to when Alien came out then they made Aliens and the whole franchise took off but it wasn't just following on Alien the theme but so many other filmmakers brought out lots of other movies (laughs) yeah that, that were like Alien. Again, it's like ha- it was, the Halloween slasher because films. Because it's giving you, giving the fans, yeah. a, a kind of like giving them a little dose of what they want to see. It's filling them, in the gap of what they've, yeah. What yeah when there's out. a void, it's like, okay, you say the filmmakers can cash in on a certain genre. I mean, just look at the superhero genre and how quickly that's <laughs> yeah. taken oh, over wow. the last 10 years. MCU is, yeah. is it's, it's uh, a different podcast. <laughs> going a bit crazy. But, you know, that, that's um, here. But again, that's the thing. You can put money into making a, uh, a film. But it doesn't always doesn't work matter out. how much you put in there. It doesn't always work out. I think what's interesting about the Lord of the Rings franchise, if you can call it that, is that because the world is so dense, you can begin to do spin-offs and sort of explore other parts of the story, like the mm. Silmarillion, well, like the been, Hobbit. They've been doing that with the Rings of Power. Like the Rings they? of Power, like the board games. Even some of the board games have their own mm. like storylines. So, mm. well, the Rings of Power, that's got a lot of controversy at the moment yeah i think it's not been as well received as hoped well Mm. that's what the media would have you believe Mm. but i don't always believe that media portrays things in the the best light yeah yeah because you sometimes you get the understatement (laughs) yeah you something what i'm trying to say is people will see things and jump on the bandwagon so if it's Mm. like if you get negative publicity then people say, oh, well, if they're saying it's negative, it can't be very good. So well, they might, might even not watch it at all. Might watch <laughs> yeah. it at all. Um, but there's a, you can still have a silent majority yeah, that, that are definitely. silent, that really love it, but they don't feel a need to be to, tooting their horns over yeah. it. And when you look at uh, feeds, which I do on social media about it, you get a lot of people that go, oh, this is terrible. You know, this didn't happen and that didn't happen and they've changed this and they've done that. And you go, okay, that's fine. Mm. That's fine. I When I watched it, yeah, you know, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I prefer to have it. I prefer to. That's what I'm saying. I prefer to have it than not have it. Um, but what I liked about it was from the onset was the fact that they kept that feeling of Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings. You know, yeah. They hadn't gone over the top and changed all the the architecture. Yeah, well, the, the Balrog looked pretty pretty much the yeah, same. So it kind of from that perspective, it fits in with the feel of Peter Jackson's yeah. Lord of the Rings. But I can understand people are negative against it. But at the same time, you know, for me, that old adage that 
her father always used to say, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Mm. The point is, is people say, oh, this should, shouldn't, they should cancel it straight away. They've wasted all these no, millions of pounds on no. it. They've done all this. You know, it's awful. I can't bear watching it. And you think, well, hang on a second. If it means that much to you, why are you bothering watching it? And why are you complaining about it? And also, it doesn't change anything that's come before. Like, it doesn't exactly. change the no. books. It doesn't change the Peter Jackson films. They're all still there. They're still exactly how you yes. love them. Exactly. Just yeah. this new thing. It doesn't change it's, it's any of that. It's not changing your life. It's just someone else's version. It's somebody else's interpretation mm. and vision. And you can like it or not like it, but I don't really see this point of arguing that it should be cancelled and it's... Yeah, it should be removed, removed. from the streaming services and it's everything. It's sacrilege. I mean, from, <laughs> from, from some of the... Uh, so some of the posts that you read, you kind of feel that these people feel they 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 are in touch with Tolkien from beyond the grave, yeah. and only they know. He's coming what through he, to me. He's telling I, me it's not only working. they know what he yeah. would think. But if Tolkien was alive today, he may just as well say, "Well, actually, guys, yeah, well, I, I like the way this is kind of how I envisioned it. I did this, and yeah, I, I, you know, I would have written it that way. <laughs> well, that, was, that was the thing. Or he might have said, "Well, it's not how I would have done it, but." Yeah, it's, it's a good attempt. Yeah, yeah. and know, it's in the world 20, I created. 20, yeah. 30 years from now, you think about it, you had that animated mm. version of Lord of the Rings, and then years later, Peter Jackson comes on and does it. Equally, you can have the, uh, the, the, the Rings of Power, and then 20 years from now, you could have somebody who has a complete revamp and does it all over again. There well, you there's, go. There's and, talks and, of it. And, and, and so what we're watching now is kind of, tantamount to being the animated version yeah. of the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Well, I think, <laughs> but I'd rather have it than not have it. Mm. So the thing with the Rings of Power is I think that a lot of people had issues with the fact that they were adding in stuff that wasn't in the books. But the fact is that the actual producers of it only had the rights to about 150 pages of something. Mm-hmm. So, so they can't write about stuff they haven't got the rights to. Yeah, but they can't just stick to that they've got to pad it out with stuff as well mm-hmm. yeah i mean people didn't like the the way i'm not i don't want to do spoilers for people who haven't seen it um but you know people just didn't like certain things about it but equally i read things where people say well actually i really love it and for me i'd just rather have it than not have it yeah so talking about films books whatever what is our favorite parts like personally our favorite parts of lord of the rings what as in as the, the books the books and the films or are we talk about open, open to or? open to discussion. Okay. Scenes in the films, yeah, that'd be great. I I liked again. You've got to go to the extended version. Yeah. Because in the extended version, there are bits where you have Treebeard with Pippin and Merry, mm. and a tree starts to pull them down into the ground, and that that wasn't in the theatrical, was it? I'm sure Ooh. it wasn't. No. And that and then Treebeard steps forward and says, "Oh no, go to sleep," you know, you know. Drink earth, water. Water, eat earth and stuff. That was a homage to Tom Bombadil because mm. in that, the hobbits get, they're almost taken underground uh, and killed by a character called Old Man Willow. Yeah. A willow tree that is alive because in, obviously, Lord of the Rings, we have Ents and the trees move as well because the trees come to um, Helm's Deep. Uh, uh, you know, the whole forest moves, um, which... Is reminiscent, if you like, of Shakespeare yeah. uh, in in uh, Macbeth, mm. where the forest moves. Yeah. No, sorry, I can't tell you. The forest and, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, the forest does in Macbeth. It's not the forest itself. It's it's, it's people that are all cu- cu- uh, camouflage themselves with yeah. branches and things. But spoilers. It's, it looks like the, the spoilers forest. right there. I think I think <laughs> Pete, spoilers for a Shakespeare. <laughs> I think Peter Jackson. <laughs> but I think Peter Jackson actually comments in the in the appendices that he went to see a play. 
Yeah. And because he was familiar with Macbeth as a child, he wanted to see this forest move. And yeah. they were really disappointed because a few actors had twigs, twigs <laughs> yeah. glued on them. Green blanket. And so he sort of went, nope. When I do that movie, <laughs> the forest is going to move. Yeah. Gonna, that, that was the inspiration. But but, but that, that scene, it, for me, because I did like Tom Bombadil in, uh, you know, in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, for me, I love that scene because it introduced a homage to Tom Bombadil. Yeah. And he hasn't gone forgotten. No. But, again, there's this kind of... You, you, you can read people's posts about... Tolkien's work and I've seen people who have said I don't know why Tom Bombadil is even in the books because he's an awful character he's useless he doesn't do anything but isn't he like also really powerful he can just take the ring and yeah. throw it into the he, he <laughs> takes the ring looks at it gives it back to Frodo yeah. not interested in it at all yeah. he's, I, and that's the thing because I don't think you can argue that a character like that can't be in Lord of the Rings because he's really boring or doesn't add anything to the story because the author himself Wanted to add that character in. Yeah. Wanted to write the character it's in. It's a book. And you can do whatever you he's want. He's got his reasons for doing that. And I think, you know, I'm not trying to think what Tolkien was thinking about Tom Bombadil, but Tom Bombadil kind of um, encompasses everything good that, that, you know, nothing affects him. Yeah. I think Gandalf even says that he can't leave the ring with Tom Bombadil because eventually the evil will sort of yeah. seep his way in because he's not 100%, uh, you know. He's vulnerable. He yeah. is vulnerable. But, the point is that he's a character which is all good in the world. He's one with nature. Mm. He's like you know happy. just happy. <laughs> yeah, and and that's the other thing uh, that I think there is a key there. There's a little bit with Tom Bombadil. If you're not familiar, are you familiar with the Tom Bombadil? Sort of. You seem sort of. to be the Tom Bombadil <laughs> expert over <laughs> here. But with Tom Bombadil, uh, they meet him. He saves them from Old Man Willow. They stay with Tom Bombadil for a while, and uh, and then. When they leave, he kits them up with some stuff. Off they go. But they get caught in the Barrow Downs mm. by uh, Barrow White, uh, which is like this... Not Barry White. Not Barry White, no. <laughs> <laughs> with a big deep voice. Sun <laughs> to them, and they all sort of, oh, what's this here? We love you, Barry. No. So the, the Barrow Rites, because Barrows, you know, where they bury the dead in, in Stone Age times. So, so is this a bit that's not in the films? Not in the film. Mm. And the... The, the mist comes down, they get lost. He's already warned them, don't you know, go across this area where the barrows are. But the barrow rights are these kind of spirit beings, and they get captured, Crikey. taken into a barrow, stripped of their uh, gear. They're laid out in white shrouds and laid down to be dead to basically end up being the, the you know, dying in there and being left in the barrows because the barrow rights have caught them, you see. But Tom Bombadil comes to the rescue. So which one's this in? The first book. In the first book. Oh, Fellowship of the Ring. Okay. And he rescues them, thankfully. So if I'm right, that's where Merry gets the blade hmm. that he has you know, to use as his sword. But it's an ancient blade from the barrows and has the, a bit like with the elven blades, uh, like Sting and Glamoring. They they are made by the elves and they're infused with, they're infused yeah. with, with elf, magic. Elf magic. So this ancient blade is as well infused and by death we jump forward to the battle on the Pelennor fields outside of Minas Tirith and of course when you get the witch king Merry stabs him in the back of the leg with his ancient blade mm. before uh, Eowyn also has a go at the witch king and the mm. witch king obviously becomes, pops his clogs pops his clogs <laughs> uh, but we have to remember that it said no man can kill 
me, is what, what he says. Yeah. Um, but Mary's not a man. And he's also got this ancient magical blade. So it can be argued that Ooh. if he hadn't stabbed him with that blade, mm. Eowyn may well not have been able to kill him. There we yeah. yeah. So he's been weakened. So, And he wouldn't have got that blade if he hadn't been in the barrows. <laughs> and he wouldn't have got out the barrows if... Tom Bombadil hadn't been written into the book yeah. to save him. Oh, in the I'm kind of missing this from the movies now, <laughs> so honestly. Kind of, so, like, go Tom Bombadil! You, actually talk, you talk about the extended versions. I recommend looking into the deleted scenes because there's even more that didn't make it into the extended cuts. This is true. There's entire scenes that one, never one of made them it. One that uh, stands, well, not stands out, but jumps to mind was Arwen was written into the battle at Helm's Deep, mm. wasn't she? So, when the elves turn up at Helm's Deep, Arwen was with them and she. There's, there's entire battle sequences that, that have never been seen. Isn't there yeah. a scene or something that where we see Frodo as more Gollum-like? I think you're right, didn't they? Yeah, they, they, some they, kind they, of like he has some kind of vision. We, he becomes kind of a Gollum-like creature. Uh, maybe you can let us know, Gollum. Gollum, could I say Gollum voice? I'm not sure, but there we go. <laughs> oh well, well, Gollum. Since you've suddenly popped into the studio, what was your favourite bit of the film? Hmm, well. I think the best bit of the film for me would be the fish. The fish. The juicy fish. Did they give you that during catering, did they? Yes, it was. It was very nice. It was very, they were all very nice to me all of the time. But the fish, that, that's what it made it for me. What's the best bit about the fish, Gollum? Oh, when they're raw and wriggling. <laughs> Thank you, Gollum, for jumping in there. <laughs> that's okay. Wait, no, <laughs> that's me. How'd they get in here? <laughs> There's a small hole in the wall yeah, over there. It stinks, it stinks of fish in here now. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. I know you don't like fish, Jack, do you? <laughs> well, you said the Battle of the Pelennor Fields. I think for me, yep. in Return of the King, that that's the yeah. best bit for me. Yeah, I, I, when I was talking about the, that tree beer bit, that was a great bit for me. Yeah. But if you're talking about that epic bit, the ride of the Rohirrim. Yeah, yeah, that's that, it. That is, that, yeah, that's probably the... Yes, and the convenient ghost army. Yeah, and the ghost <laughs> army doesn't do that in the books. Yeah. It doesn't come onto the Pelennor fields. Looks pretty cool, though. Uh, but it looks really cool. It's a quick way of sort of rounding things up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this battle's always going to last for <gasps> yeah. But there's still more of that kind of weird orc army over there. Do you fancy sorting them out for us, please? please, yeah. please. Yeah, I'm no. not going to release you of your promise to us. Just you know? yet. You haven't. Your, oath, <laughs> your <laughs> oath has got to stay you until we're quite useful. <laughs> going to take you to more. Well, like, that's what they reflected with what Gimli said. Mm. You know, it could be really useful. <laughs> In a tight spot. <laughs> that's it. Um, but, you know, that would just be. That would too, easy. too easy. Too easy. make it too yeah. easy. Which, which leads me to when they go to the gates of Mordor. Mm. Obviously, in the theatrical version, you don't see the mouth of Sauron. No. But they do have the Mouth of Sauron in the extended version. Mm. And obviously the Mouth of Sauron is in the books. Mm. Um, that's a big omission as it well. It is a big omission. And so, again, that's another bit that I was glad to see in the mm. extended well, version. Well, that's the thing. When he's doing his big speech, Aragorn, mm. in front of the army, mm-hmm. he's got blood on his sword in the theatrical. Yeah, if you do... <laughs> not explained. Yeah, do point that, that... Well, actually, that's a good point. Maybe we should things we've noticed. But you're right. If you look at the theatrical, he has blood on his sword when he's giving his speech. Yeah. And that's because he... Decapitated the mouth of Sauron. Exactly. We've also got um, like the scene with Saruman in the beginning of Return of the King. Yeah. In the extended version, he obviously gets stabbed in the back by Grima. Yeah. (laughs) Remember his name? Grima Wormtail. He takes a uh, fall off. Takes a little tumble off the the tower. No, off the the Orthanc. Gets impaled, and that's it for Sauron. And you get the end of his character. Sorry, Saruman. (laughs) You get the end of his character. But in the theatrical cut, they kind of just 
go past the tower and just leave him. Yeah, just leave him. <laughs> so you just assume he's still Which alive. actually, in a way, is the more correct version. Yeah. Because in the books, that's exactly what they do. Yeah. The Ents keep him in there because they can't get into the tower. The Tower mm. of Orthanc is, is kind of impenetrable. Yeah. Again, the, what it's made out of is ancient and the Ents can't damage it. And he is just so... So Gandalf asked Treebeard to basically keep an eye on him, which mm. he does. So when they ride off, that's exactly how it is in the book. Yeah. The only thing is when they come back, then Treebeard has let him out because uh, Treebeard... You know, he says it doesn't matter that it's Saruman. He feel, he, Treebeard feels at that point that Saruman has lost his power entirely. Mm. Although, as Gandalf points out, that he still has his voice. He uh, yeah. has this his voice influence. to yeah. influence people. Mm. Um, and he doesn't know whether or not he's influenced Treebeard or not, but Treebeard says, like with all animals, he can't stand seeing animals caged. Yeah, And so because Treebeard feels at that point Saruman has, is not a threat, he, he just lets him go. Yeah, And that's... What the opportunity he takes to get his revenge by terrorize the Shire. Yep, and he becomes known as Sharky. Really? Yes. Sharky. And when they, when they when the hobbits get to Bree and the prancing pony, it's all locked down, mm. and they've been having murders on and, the way back. Yeah, on the way back. Okay. There's murders and all sorts have been going on, and all these bad folk have have come to to that region, and uh, and they've basically been bullying everybody, and and so Bree's locked down and. The um, oh, the innkeeper, can't think of his name. It's top tip of my tongue. But anyway, the inn, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, the innkeeper's there. That they meet when you see him in the movie. He's, he's there, and they they stay with him, and they get explained a lot about how this person has a sharky has taken over, and the the the, the bullies and the ruffians are controlling everything, and all the produce that the shire is making, all the pipe weed and vegetables and everything. It's all being stolen well not stolen they have that they take it and they don't give anything to to the hobbits so much they get next to nothing and everything goes off and he's making loads of money and of course what they do is they rip down the old buildings and replace them for factories and destroy the party tree and basically as you say scour the shire mm. but one good thing is when they're at brie bill the pony found his way back did he yeah. i honestly thought like you need to read the book right watching the animated version yeah. i'm pretty sure it's implied that bill the pony gets eaten by the watcher, watcher in the water, the water. <laughs> no bill the pony makes his way back oh brilliant bill the pony that, that's made my day <laughs> it, makes, it makes sam's day as well because he gets bill, bill the pony back well i think it's only about six years ago the, the journey he's been on, i think i'll make his year his century yeah. but they keep talking the thing is they keep talking about this character called sharky who's the boss mm. and it turns out it's saruman it's and it turns out saruman actually says that sharky is the nickname that the orcs back at uh Isengard used to call him Sharky. Well, talking about that, I know there's a orc called Sharku, who, <laughs> who's the one who rides, who's like the leader of the Warg riders right, okay. in mm-hmm. the second one. Might have been a reference. Yeah, I possibly. Let's not jump into mine. No, I can't, I can't. He's the one who's like uh, fighting Aragorn and he kind of dies. Oh, was it? He took a little tumble off the cliff. <laughs> He's dead. We need a little quote counter in this. <laughs> yes. yeah, oh, I could I could spat off so many quotes, but we'll be here for hours. But, uh, yeah, yeah. No. So the movie's great. And you mentioned about Aragorn and uh, the blood on his sword. Yeah. But do you remember when they uh, they're, they're hunting the orc pack that have taken Pippin and Merry? Yeah. And they're going across the um, uh, Rohirrim, uh, the, 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 the 
land of the Rohirrim. Yeah, and, uh, Rohan. Rohan, thank you. <laughs> they go through Rohan, and then they come across... Uh, uh, Aemir. Thank you. Boom. They come across Aemir. I know things. No, you do. They come across Aemir and his horsemen. The Rohirrim. The, well, part of the Rohan. The riders of Rohan. Riders of Rohan. Rohan, Rodan. I said Rodan. <laughs> Suddenly we've got Different, Godzilla coming in. It's there. Godzilla Day in <laughs> November, <laughs> okay? Okay. So anyway... Um, yeah, so he meets her, and which half of them are, or quite a few of them are actually ladies with beards. Um, but do you remember that a bit where he's just about to ride off? Yeah. And his sword falls out of his yeah. scabbard. Yeah, and that makes it. And he, and he still rides off. But if you watch, if you've never seen it, it's in the theatrical version, the yeah. sword slides out of its scabbard <laughs> as he rides off. Yeah, it's really it's funny. Like, okay, I think, they, I think they missed that in the editing there. You see with him turning up to battle and not knowing not, where his sword, sword gone. Well, maybe they noticed it in the editing, but peasant, they only had go over and pick it up. They only had that cut to use. That cut, yeah. So I mean, maybe. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's probably what happened. Yeah. But yeah, his sword slides out. It's one of, have, you, have you guys seen any other kind of like little bits you've noticed in it that... Well, there's the classic one of um, Viggo Mortensen where he kicks the helmet and breaks, oh, breaks his toe. toe yeah. <laughs> ah! exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you don't, if listeners, if you don't know that, when he does kick that helmet, they, they filmed that oh, a dozen times, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> and then on the final one, he boots it. And I didn't realise it was a... Yeah. Breaks his toes. I think they said there were foam ones that he should have kicked, but he actually yeah. kicked one of the metal ones. <laughs> and he breaks his toe, and when he screams in anger, it's because it's he's, stay, he's staying in character, but yeah. it really hurt because he broke his toe. And that made it to the film. That, that's the one that's in there. He's actually broken his toe at that point. Brilliant. Which is fantastic. <laughs> also, I like the part of the... If you don't know, on the sort of the Blu-rays, I guess, they're on DVD as well. Hmm. The extended versions, they've got the appendices with them, and that's like a big... And that, like, yeah, I agree. That is just so... Hours and hours of just hours. making so, it. So worth... And for me, I love... It's like a film I'm working on at the moment, which we're producing. Uh, I'm dealing with all the costumes, hmm. and the costumes in that, when you see the appendices and the, and the Weta Workshop, and they're making the costumes, and you see that uh, with Theoden's armour... They've, it, the red leather inside the armour, inside the chest plate, is all engraved. All the yeah. leather's been engraved. And you'll wow. never even see You never see it. <laughs> you think the hours of work that went into that, you never see it. And one of those uh, things that stands out to me, I was going to say, was the Helm's Deep set. Because mm-hmm. they built... The, that was built in a quarry, wasn't it? They built part of a full-size Helm's Deep to do, obviously, all of the actor bits. Mm-hmm. Then they built a slightly smaller version, which they could do when they broke it apart and blew it up mm-hmm. and then it did like a tiny version which they could use for planning and everything so they built three different versions of helms deep and you can see all three of them in the in the film so if you're interested in like set design and things it's definitely worth watching yeah i love those has anyone seen the appendices on the hobbit films because i know that they continued that yeah until then. they did on the hobbit the I, best i haven't watched them the only bit you should watch of that is ian mckellen falling asleep on set <laughs> 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 he's sitting in El- in um rivendell yeah. at the table and he's surrounded by green screen <laughs> and he's just sitting there like dressed as Gandalf <laughs> at the table falling asleep well, and, while they're um, actually yeah they're about they're, to shoot and Peter Jackson's sitting on the monitor and he says we should just shout shout action and wake him up <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's only worth watching for that oh I'm going to have to watch that <laughs> moving on to The Hobbit the movies um, again I like everybody you would have seen the theatrical versions and again, I, I say, if you haven't got anything good to say about something, don't say it. But and we're, gonna, we're talking about, you know, pluses and minuses on these things. I just felt that they were just too heavily CGI'd compared to the original. Yeah, yeah I kind of feel like they so, were rushed a bit. Well, you did get orcs 
uh, in there which did have bodysuits on. Mm. But you had far more in the trilogy of Lord of the Rings. Uh, but in that one, you had a lot of animated yeah, bad guys. Well, I mean, the um, and it just yeah. for me kind of like it felt more rushed. Yeah, you know, even the sets were green screened a lot yeah. of the time. Uh, talking about that, the elves. If you look at the elves, like yep. the, the warrior elves, they're only that big. Sorry, the warrior on the TV. Only the, big. the warrior elves. <laughs> When they're like standing outside Erebor. Oh, I think I know what you're going to say. They all have the same face. Yeah. I mean, come on. Crowd, <laughs> crowd replication. They've crowd replicated one guy. Yeah, they all look the same. I, I think he got what... that many paychecks. No, he didn't. I, I, we've all been there. We've been there where we've gone and been 3D scanned so that they can replicate you. And you go, well, you're using my image again and again and again. That, um, I should get paid for that. On you only op- get paid once. Interestingly, the... Op- he should have had an army's wage there, shouldn't he? Mm. The um, job offer I got today said the VFX to be yep. scanned and then shown in the background. I was like, what does that, what's that supposed to mean? Uh, <laughs> I was going to take my image and just animate me in the background. Well, that's the thing. They also can chop like people up and yeah, like yeah. stitch you do. together with other people. You know, when we've done uh, you know, Game of Thrones and things like that, you know, mm. the, the um, uh, House of the Dragon, they... That's what they do. They switch people's yeah, bodies. 3D and heads with you. Yeah, you yeah. Know. I mean, I've been on. So I, I can't talk because of NDAs, but I've been on one movie that hasn't come out yet, where I was there and having my beard scanned mm. for one character, <laughs> and I had my hands and my feet. I was remember I'm in this scanning studio, lying on my back with my legs in the air. <laughs> Suffering? <laughs> yeah, I'm lying on my back. Well, I was the only guy there because there was uh, a few of us, but we we're having to have our hands and our feet uh, scanned. I was the only one who they loved my beard and they wanted my, to do my beard. <laughs> so uh, there, and you're having to put your leg in. In the air, and I've got an old sort of like mic stand that you're trying to balance your foot on, and then you're having to flex your foot in one <laughs> way and then the other way, and then so, you know, side it's to side. Professional filmmaking, by so, the way, guys. So <laughs> it was a really good fun because they get paid for doing that, and then they'll take all those scanned images. And then, so I'm keen for when this particular movie comes out to actually see what they did. Spot the body part. <laughs> well, I know the character that I was being scanned for. Yeah. Spot the beard! So I want to see what they did with my beard. See what I did there. And I can just say, oh, look, there's my feet, there's my hands. <laughs> and then I can go out and see if I can find the, uh, what yeah. they call them, vinyl. Pop vinyl. Pop, Pop vinyl. vinyl. Oh, that'd that'd be hilarious. <laughs> I say, that's my, my beard on that one. Um, interesting, have you heard about the beginnings of the Lord of the Rings sequel that Tolkien was writing? No. No, I know that recently uh, there's been news of Warner Brothers wanting to do more do Lord more of the Rings movies. Is that well, part of that? Is it? I, I doubt it because there's only like a few pages. I think okay. it's like two and a half, three pages or something that Tolkien oh, wow. started writing a was sequel it, was, to Lord of the Rings. Is his grandson or his nephew or somebody who's one who's been taking a lot of his unfinished? I think he finished and, a few of the yeah. like the Silmarillion. I think was a bit of well, the Silmarillion. Christopher Tolkien, is that him? Yeah, Silmarillion oh. is uh, it's one of those books that you get A for effort trying to read that one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not being funny. Um, when it comes to the Silmarillion, I've tried to read it. I've got it down the house, but I haven't got my way through it. And I think that what I ought to do is get the audio version because I'll get through it with the audio version. It's one of the things with Lord of the Rings. I do love the audio, unabridged audio book of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Love reading it, but listening to the audio book, the one thing you've got in the audio book that you kind of don't get from reading, and this might sound really bad, but one thing that's better from the audio books than actually reading Tolkien's Lord of the Rings trilogy is he writes a lot of songs yeah. into the books mm. so when you're reading it you have to kind of sing try and yourself. sing these songs to yourself if you're reading it I guess so yeah and it doesn't for me that doesn't work 
Okay, I can't sit there and read a book and then right now I'm actually reading a song. So I've got to try and sing this song in my head. And it doesn't always rhyme. It's very odd. But if you listen to the audio book, the narrator does an excellent job yeah. of singing all these songs, whether they're dwarven songs, elvish songs or whatever. That's the thing. And we've so, got them in the other room, haven't we? We've got them in, they're actually out in the gallery. Um, so, and that is something I, I liked from the audio book because you could actually get to kind of like take these songs on board, which of course don't make any, as far as I remember, they don't make any uh, uh, of the songs end up being in the movies at all. They do in The Hobbit, I think. They do a couple, don't they? Might be the dwarves singing. Yeah, the dwarves yeah. singing. The, the, yeah. um, that's what Bilbo Baggins hates. Uh, yeah, that's it. And of course, oh, and then the Lord of the Rings. Misty Mountain. It, they do that it, song. Um, who's the one that, uh, it was Merry Pippin. Is it Pippin that's at... Uh... Yeah, he does the... No, it's Merry that's at... Um... Ministerith, and he sings the song to Denethor, doesn't he? But is that one that was Pippin, isn't it? Yeah, P- Pippin is with Denethor, Denethor, and Mary's, Mary's with the Rohan. With Rohan. <laughs> <laughs> so Pippin is the one who's singing the song to Denethor. Yeah, the Misty Mountains. But didn't he came up with that? He came song. up with that song. Yeah, but I mean that was nice to actually have a couple of songs that were in Billy Boyd. But you get all those songs in the audiobooks. So I'd I'd be interesting to actually get the Silmarillion to listen to that. But yeah. one thing. <laughs> coming back to the audio book briefly uh, <laughs> is that I liked at the end of the audio book you get again an audio appendices yeah. that goes into a lot of depth of everything that happens before as you were just saying mm. goes on before the build up to the defeat of Morgoth and then yeah. the, the rise of Sarah, uh, Sauron so yeah t- so you're talking about that there so. yeah there was a sequel that he started that never got obviously finished or he died Um and I don't think there's much detail about it at all. I think you can read into it online. But I think it's it starts with, I think it's a few years after Lord of the Rings has finished. finished. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think Aragorn's died. I think he's been king for, because he lives for oh, yeah, cause hundreds yeah. of years. Isn't he, he has an extended, I think he lives, listeners, you can tell us where Grey area. I think it's 400 years maybe. Yeah. But Arwen just keeps on going. Yeah, but I can't remember what the character's name is. I'm probably a bit unprepared for this bit. But there's talk of a an evil starting to rise again right. out of whatever the depths of. Okay. And I think orcs are still around, but they're being like hunted for sport and things. Well, that does happen in Lord of the Rings. The orcs get this. Yeah, they run. But yeah. Then they, they they sort of get disbanded across the coast. Yeah. So you see it. them run off. Don't that you? was it. There was talk of evil rising again, and that was it. It oh, never wow. went anywhere. <laughs> Isn't that kind of like humanity though? You get the. Peaks and troughs. Yeah, of, it's it. quite sad that it's in somewhere. It's in just a story for <laughs> fun. Just a story. Just tell know. that to the Tolkien Society. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Well, what didn't it was somewhere along the line, but didn't there was like an hours of like uh, an argument about do bees exist in Middle Earth? Oh God. <laughs> Do you remember that? I do remember that. Two bees exist. Yeah, in Middle Earth. What I find interesting as well about the Middle Earth, like the look of Middle Earth. Is you've got kind of like lots of clashing styles of different eras, mm-hmm. so you kind of got the dwarves who are a bit more sort of Viking. Well, I'd say? say the the riders of Rohan, the way they're presented, are bit more, very yeah. Much more and then you've got like obviously Vikings. it's a lot me- more medieval, and then you've got the hobbits right. who are a bit more in like sort of tweed and like See, what you, waistcoats what, and things. What, what you've got to understand if you're not familiar with Norse mythology, you've got the dwarves in Norse mythology, uh, and they. A lot of the time, they are the ones that forge the weapons for the gods, and you know, you've been to Wayland Smithy down in the 
Um, the uh, Bale and White Horse. Do you remember going to Wayland Smithy? Oh, Wayland was a dwarf. That must have been yeah. a while ago. Yeah, uh, so the dwarves are styled in that kind of more uh, Norse mythology yeah. style. All of their whereas, things are more like... Whereas the Vikings are more you know, riders of Rohan. Yeah. That's in the, the human Vikings, if you see what mm. I mean. But there's, I just find it interesting, especially in the films as well, there's a lot more... There's a clash of like different styles and everything's kind of very much got its own style. Well, you, you, you've kind of got to have that. I mean, especially when it comes to movies, I mean, or even TV programs, you know, it's, when you've got viewers watching, can you imagine what it would be like in a battle between Anglo-Saxons and Vikings in, back in the day when everybody looks pretty much the same? Yeah. It, that's where, you know, you'd have to do things like tie a particular piece of cloth on your arm or something. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to, I think, what was the TV show that they did, which was... Uh, uh, who's that author? Is it Bernard Cornwall? Who did... Oh, who did The Last Kingdom. The Last Kingdom. Yeah. And they did the TV series. Yeah. And then they had the Vikings come in and they were having a battle with the Anglo-Saxons. Um, and the Vikings had got their round shields and then they came in the, the Anglo-Saxons like hexagonal shields. Yeah. <laughs> which were completely wrong. But it's because then the viewers... It's can to distinguish. Know, to root for. Yeah, yeah. To, to root for. And that, that's <laughs> what happens in TV and movies. Yeah, they, yeah, they They have to have this specific kind of Look and style. Look and style to be able... So the, the, the viewer can tell the difference between just, who's yeah. been... Yeah, yeah, I understand. It blends in... Yeah, yeah. I understand that. But and then that's why also, you have those nations. They all have their... Yeah. Their, their thing. Their thing. That's <laughs> why even like their architecture, like the dwarves, is everything's really blocky and like angular. Well, it's strong and it's yeah. built from the rock and the earth. And the it's, elves are kind of more kind of curvy and... Ethereal. And, yeah. yeah. And, and willowy. Nature, you know? yeah. And men are just gruff and... <laughs> yeah, they're you know, usually, I mean, what they do is they <laughs> love humans. They muddy them up. How do you know he's the king? He's not yeah, covered in shit. He's not covered in shit. What's that from? Another quote, Monty Python. So oh, OK. Right. Yeah. It's the king! <laughs> <laughs> and, and, how do you know that's the king? Well, he ain't covered in shit, is he? <laughs> like, who's doing the impressions now? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so... Um, so you've got all these, they'd love to, to make these very different things. And with the humans, they always rat tail their hair by putting loads of Vaseline in their hair and <laughs> making them look all crazy yeah. and awful. And, you know, it's like, I mean, okay. Vikings quite, they were quite up on their looks and they were quite uh, conscious of how they looked, weren't they? Yeah, they were and they, well they, were pampered. All, they were also very, <laughs> clean. they were very tattooed as well. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so but uh, yeah, so you get these distinct. I mean, but, but we get distinct cultures just in our in our own cultures in 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 our reality, don't we? You know, um, yeah. So that's you do get crossovers, but I suppose the thing is yeah, that's that's what that's what makes these things. I, mean, I suppose if you're into doing LARP and things like that, you you have your own um, you know society that you. Well, a lot of that is uh, to do with the imagination and yeah, things. You kind they, of make it what you will. But they all end up being. Yeah, there's the, the, the <coughs> different groups. You got your people that are kind of your more merchancy traders. That was a LARP podcast. <laughs> <That's a LARP laughs> We've got you got if your you pointy... want to know more about that, there's an yeah. episode on it. Yeah, yes. yeah, go listen to that. Um, big question. I know what you're going to say. It all counts as the same thing. Mm-hmm. If you could pick one of the films, what would be your favourite of the three? Two Towers. Two Towers. Interesting. Mine's Fellowship of the Ring. I can see why. That would be my second choice. Yeah. That would be my second choice. The thing is, I was going to... Originally, I was going to answer Return of the King, but Mm. you kind of need the context of the other two to kind of justify the third one. But I think think my my choice is that uh, 
the two towers. It's the Rohan stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it's the Rohan stuff the Helm's and Deep Helm's too. Deep, but it's also my kind of Empire Strikes Back of, of the trilogy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that makes you know, sense. If you're talking Star Wars, I would go Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Am I right in saying as well, in the book, the Two Towers book, it's split into two. And yeah. you get like the Hobbits, Sam and Frodo and Gollum. Mm-hmm. And then the second half of the book is all of mm-hmm. the fellowship stuff. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. And they obviously in the film they kind of make it. It was very interesting because I know that the end of the second book. This is a spoiler, so if you're going to read spoiler warning, spoiler warning. But the end of the second book is the part where Frodo and Sam are like in Mordor, right? And they get attacked by Shelob. Shelob, yep. And it's kind of left on a cliffhanger there. Mm. That's where the second book ends. And I was really surprised at that because they only get there in the movies like most of the way through the third one. Yeah. I just found that really interesting. They did a lot of rejigging of the story, didn't they, to yeah. get it to fit, as we said earlier, to make it a narrative that can work on screen. Exactly. Which they is, had to change a lot of stuff. Which is exactly, kind of brings us back to the more recent one, the uh, Rings of Power. So yeah. I want to ask you, Jack, uh, what do you think of that? Have you watched it? I've seen the first three episodes. Yep. I quite enjoyed it. I think, to be honest, I think I was just quite happy to watch something that was Lord of the yeah, Rings. You, it, I feel <laughs> like it's something you've got to get into. Yeah, a couple of episodes in, then you kind of get into it. Was well, so I, I didn't hate it. No, I've not really had any desire to go back to it as no, much. So, but... if I go pose that question that I kind of answered myself earlier, would you prefer to have it than not have it? I enjoyed seeing like a different take. And yeah. As I said, it's something that's set in a universe, in a world that I love, like, Middle yeah. Earth. So it's like anything that's set in that universe, I'll watch because it's mm-hmm. a place that I enjoy watching. Oh, yeah. and the and characters I, I, I enjoy I agree watching. with you. I think that that's exactly. The and the mythology point. as well. It's like you just want to learn more about the mythology, even if it's someone else's interpretation of yeah. it. Because yeah. you, you can always go back to the the source. I mean, we know? talked about War of the Ring earlier. Mm. The point of War of the Ring, if you haven't played it, is that you're playing basically the story of lord of the rings in a board game mm. but the point of that is anything can change like the bad guys can win yeah or you can go to mordor in a different way okay but you can take the long way round. yeah exactly you don't have to go through the mines of Mordor. can you fly there with eagles yes <laughs> <laughs> with a very overpowered very, card a very specific card <laughs> so <laughs> he always finds so he can. always finds that card so, so you get it all set up it's take you three hours to get it all organized and you go i'm flying on the eagles tomorrow that is literally what happened that is literally I'm like, bugger i've lost <laughs> that's the thing there is like a counter card <laughs> yeah. of because of, I usually play Sauron's forces or whatever, and he's usually the good guys. Oh, um, it's all coming out. Now. <laughs> but there is the equivalent card for Sauron. Right, so you can send in your um, your your winged riders, the, uh, the Nazgul. <laughs> yeah, but it's always at the bottom. I I never have <laughs> any luck. In the card. I have never really used it once. <laughs> no luck. No luck at finding it. He's been fiddling the it's cards. ridiculous. I only used that card once, and it worked. So. <laughs> Honestly. But anyway, that, my point was that is a game where, although you're in the Middle Earth and you're playing with the characters from it the books, it gives you the opportunity to explore other. Yeah, but I'm scenarios. not going. I'm not going. Oh, we'll stop playing this game because it's not how it happened in the books. Yeah, it's, it's not how it was in in Tolkien's uh, writings. You've but changed it. That's testament to the world he's created. Is mm. that you could follow these characters into any situation and find it entertaining because they are such mm. interesting characters. But that's. Moving, moving on and taking that on board, that's why there's this rumour that Warner Brothers is looking to do more mm. Lord of the Rings type movies, yeah. but focusing on other characters' backstories. Yeah. I, I heard the rumour, I don't know whether it's true or not, I heard the rumour that they were thinking about doing a story, uh, a film about um, Gollum or Schmeagol's 
backstory before yeah. uh, you know, as he comes Speaker. up to become up to his back. How does he crash? I thought, I thought I could smell fish. He's come back here. He's come back in the studio. Cruel man hurts us. Leave us alone. Smeagol's birthday party. That's yeah, what sorry he called about it. the Smeagol. You know. <laughs> You should t- tell that bad Smeagol to go away. That'll help you one day. Go away! <laughs> Come on, I'm going to stop now. I'm hey. stopping now. I'm stopping now. <laughs> oh, I like that bit when you say, go away. It's gone. How's it go? Gone, gone, gone! Smeagol is free! <laughs> There's hey, also, you've got... Getting back in the hole. You've got the plethora of video games as well, which I'm sure people probably want to Do talk you remember about. that? We played a PS2 version of one of them. Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War. They're yeah, set. played that. That's good. Yeah, They're I don't remember you playing one of those. Not Shadow not, of War is quite good. The no, sec- not the, not the biggest of game players. Not because I don't like computer games. It's just I don't have the time to devote to we've got just a, sitting in front of a TV. We've got a Golem game coming out very have soon they? in a couple of months. Wow. Yeah, for the PS5. You just play as Golem. I don't really know what it's about. Yeah, what can you really do? <laughs> well, uh, again, throwing ourselves back to the movies. I mean, uh, Andy Serkis, you know, that, that made him. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I mean, ag- it, that, for that technology as well, it was a big. Well, his step. his agent, um, I think, got the offer. They needed a, somebody to do the voice of Gollum, mm. and he said, "Look, I need you to get on a plane and go to New Zealand, and yeah. literally just um, uh, do a, a casting for it." Mm. And that's what he did. Yeah. And then they said, "Well, we just wanted you for the voice." Yeah. But actually, let's stick you in the mocap, yeah, yeah mocap gimp suit and. Get you to do it. <laughs> Sorry. Other suits are available. <laughs> that's what they called gimp suit. Get it in there. And, and, and so Sorry. That's the first time the word gimp suit's been used in the Now We Know show. There you go. That's what they affectionately... I'm not going to check. That's what they're, affectionately, that's check what they're affectionately called. And uh, and so, you know, so he, and then the, the, so, so he got to actually do the acting as well. And I think that was just great. that Because that really did bring the character to life. Because then you? they just CGI'd over the top of it. So when you see Gollum... You know that bit where he uh, catches up with the with Salmon and uh, Frodo in the it's it's in the hills before they get to the the marshes. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. the yeah. And they capture Gollum on the rope. Yeah, it's when you first properly yeah. see Gollum. Gollum, and he spins around because mm. he's. I think it's just after they let untied him off the rope. Mm. He's happy and he spins around and all the gravel's flying yeah. off his feet. But that that's the, that's real. So when you see that gravel fly, that's actually you know, Andy Circus. Real, that's not animated. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah, there's a similar scene where he's catching fish in the river, and the water's obviously reacting to this animated character, mm-hmm. and that is because they had Andy Serkis in there catching, I assume, prop fish. <laughs> <laughs> I actually you, an actual you, fish. You, you bring, you go back to the appendices and the things in there. Do you remember the when uh, he's having to pull uh, Sam and Frodo down to hide from the... Uh, was it the uh, Easterling? Easterlings, yeah, they come into the yeah, gates see. of Mordor. <laughs> yeah. Come into the gates of Mordor, and he... So he grabs him and pulls him yeah. back. And he actually pulled Sam's wig <laughs> off his Really? Head. I but, oh. but, but if you see in the appendices, the thing is those wigs were like stitched into their own hair. <laughs> nice. And he grabs him by the gets him by the shoulder or the back mm. and actually gets his wig accidentally. But when he pulls him backwards, he rips this wig <laughs> off of the actor's oh, head. Oh no. And it really hurts. And the actor, again, I can't think of the chap's name. Sean Austin. Yeah, so it's all, yeah, really angry. <laughs> he was really, really, it took him ages oh. to calm down because he'd had his wig literally I mean, that's to get up at like head. three o'clock in the morning to get all their <laughs> and, uh, you know, and Andy Serkis going like, I'm sorry, I didn't think it was accident. There's also Sean Austin, I'm sure it was Sam, when they're running to the, uh, the boat to get across the ferry. Oh, what? Buckleberry, Buckleberry Ferry. Buckleberry Ferry. Ferry. Um, they're running across wood, like wooden platforms. Yep. 
and it was really wet and he oh, skidded I on it imagine and the, in those uh, rubber feet, feet. Oh. he got a big splinter in the bottom oh, <laughs> apparently oh, <laughs> oh, there, is there any okay so that's very painful is there anything painful about the movies that you watch you think yeah that's cool it makes you go oh I'll, I'll cringe at that a bit that, mm. yeah, I don't, that you don't like about it <laughs> yeah, it's just interesting we're talking about all the good stuff I mean some of the are we talking like technical things well, well it could be technical or, or is it be, just like scenes it or could something be a scene that isn't how you envisaged it or you know, something that you've... Uh, there's a moment every time I watch Return of the King and it's when Frodo's running into Mount Doom and it's a shot that's kind of panning away. It's a wide shot. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't really notice it at all like unless you watch like a Blu-ray or a 4K. But Frodo's very clearly animated and he's... he's blue... Is it when he's running through the door? Yeah, he's blue screened on, but his feet are out of time with the floor. So he's right. almost like he looks like he's on a treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> if you watch it now on Blu-ray, you can see it every time, and every time I see it, I'm like, oh, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it. Kind of it. annoying that it's. A, there's a scene at the beginning of Return of the King. It's where we see Smeagol before he's gone all full Gollum. Oh yes, because that's. And they find the they find version. the ring. That is yes. in the theatrical. Is it? Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, I always, I that's always, I'm getting mixed up between. The <laughs> two I always now. found when he just turns on his, like, is his cousin oh, is it or it something? Starts off with a worm, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, and he like strangles him. I find that's pretty pretty brutal scene. Yeah. Well, well, I like how they link that into the montage. Deagle. There's a montage at the beginning it's of Fellowship of the Ring. Present. I can't do it. My There's a montage at the beginning of Fellowship of the Ring where you see the ring on the on the riverbank floor, yeah. and the hand comes down and grabs it and pulls it up. And then in Return of the King, they use the exact same shot again. So it's like it's really nice how they call back to the montage at the mm-hmm. beginning. Cause obviously, it's set before. Yeah. I think the only thing I find about the movies is uh, is Frodo's stare. It's his big solemn eyes. Some of the dialogue is like, a tad. Oh, <laughs> that just reminded me of a really funny bit, right? So, you know when he wakes up in Rivendell? Sam. <laughs> yeah, he says everyone's name who really walk, walks through the door, except Legolas. <laughs> he doesn't really yeah, have much screen to time. To be fair, he doesn't, Legolas and Frodo have no conversation yeah. throughout the whole movie. They <laughs> actually don't speak to each other yeah. Yeah. at all. He's like, that one elf guy who helped us a bit. Doesn't, yeah. he pick him up, doesn't he pick him up to throw him across when the stairs are collapsing? Is that Legolas or is that... Um, Aragorn? Somebody picks him up and jumps with him, but... Uh, I mean, you, you know, he's like... You, Crowbine from Dublin, yo, hide. Mm. He's talking to everybody, so technically he is actually. Talk- he did talk yeah. to Frodo, kind of. And he goes, but "Have my bow." There you go. That's the, thing, the, that's the only <laughs> time he speaks to. Him, yeah. Otherwise, Legolas. Don't know who he is. Who? Who's that? Who's that? The elf with us. Yeah, Say that. Legoland. <laughs> who is this Legoland? Oh, I'd go to off? Legoland, Middle Earth. <laughs> who, who is this Lego guy? Lord of the Rings? That's a good game. Yeah, have you really? Yeah, Lego mm. Lord of the Rings yeah. is fun. But that just goes to show you're saying Lego Land or Lego Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I can't I can't have no idea. But the point is, that's how influential it is because in pop culture, yeah, in pop culture because the piece goes on and on and on. You know, we don't talk about Gollum in the Hobbit animated film because that evokes nightmares. From me. It was very strange. It was very strange. <laughs> He's like a frog man. <laughs> Gollum, yeah, it's it's very, really big eyes. He sounds like a guy that smokes like seventy a day. <laughs> <laughs> Even worse in the Lord of the G-string. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh no! He makes a very weird appearance. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to end Next it. Next time. <laughs> Next time. But yeah, no, Lord of the Rings. 
absolutely fantastic. Can't get enough of it. It's, I mean, there's, we've barely scratched the surface. There's yeah. so much we can talk about. Enjoy Tolkien Reading Day, everyone. Yes, make the most of it. And if you haven't actually physically read the books, do it. And well, if, you, if you haven't seen the extended version, my, do it. My parting question would be, if there's one part of Lord of the Rings that you would recommend to someone that's never seen it before, what would you recommend? Obviously, you said seen it before, so you're talking about the movies. So someone's never seen Lord of the Rings. Oh, you had in any read way it or anything. What would you? What one piece of thing or media would you recommend to them? Peter Jackson movies. Right, you go straight in with the movies. <laughs> Extended versions. <laughs> oh, that's brutal. No. <laughs> Extended oh, versions. I, I would say read the Hobbit. Yes, I would probably. I was going to say that. I'd say well. read the Hobbit. Yeah, because everybody needs to read. And The Hobbit is an easy way to get into it, and it is a short book, but it is very, very magical in itself. I would if you say read The Hobbit, then you're, you're set up for the deeper and slightly more hard to get your teeth into Lord of the Rings trilogy. I would say watch the weird Russian adaptation. <laughs> <laughs> just start. That's a, that's a joke, right? <laughs> start the deep cuts. Yeah, go play Lego Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I mean, to be honest... Is I'm, it actually called Lego Latin, that, by the way? Uh, probably. I, <laughs> I just wondered. <laughs> There's probably a lot of people that that's their introduction to Lord of the Rings. What? Le- it's a Lego game, probably. Lego game. Probably just the Lego sets, maybe. Yeah, yeah people collecting the figures. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the toys, yeah. yeah. Last week we talked about collectibles. Well, collectibles. Ma- maybe well, next it's... time we can do something on Lord of the Rings yeah. merchandise. <laughs> I mean, there is a lot of collectible Lord of the Rings uh, merchandise. Yeah. I mean, who hasn't got a one ring? <laughs> Quizzical look there. Yeah. Have you got one ring? I actually got two. Yeah, oh. yeah. Ooh. You lost one, didn't you? Then you found it again. Yeah, in a Kinder Egg. Give it a wipe. In a, in a... <laughs> Stop it. You lost it. It's invisible. <laughs> yeah, that's a bizarre thing. He did. I got this one ring and it went in the top of Mount Doom, didn't it? Because yeah. it Mount Doom. Yeah. And it's like, and then he lost it. And then years later, it turned up inside a Kinder Egg. Yeah, you know, one of those little plastic pop things. So I don't know why you stuck it. I, in there. I stuck <laughs> it in there because I thought that's a safe place. I won't lose that. I think, I think as adults, we all do that. We go, I'm going to put that in an extra safe place. I'm going to put that USB stick where I know it's, it's going to be safe. <laughs> Sorry, I can't find it. <laughs> no, I'm not this talking about prison wallets. It's not Sauron. That's not what he did with his ring. No, I didn't. A very different opening. Okay, I think we should probably end the podcast there before we get to Jack Black. (laughs) Well, we've barely scratched the surface on Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings, but I think we've covered quite a lot. We covered the books. We covered the some of the lesser known animations, animations, um, and well-known movies. The movies, which I mean, you could talk about for TV shows. TV show Rings of Power, and, the future uh, of Lord of the Rings, future. possibly. Yeah, and we'll be back for in the future for more discussion. I well, that's say. the thing. I think it's in September. Mm. It's Hobbit Day. Hobbit Day. Ooh, yeah, so look forward to that. Everything, <laughs> everything Hobbity. <laughs> Actually, that's another question. Sorry, if you could be of one race, race. in the in Middle Earth, what would you be? Ah, oh, that's a difficult one. Ideally, for me, I'd love to be one of the Rohirrim. Totally Viking. But I do also have a little penchant for the for the dwarf. Uh, now I'd I'd like to be a dwarf, but I do like the idea of being immortal. So maybe an elf. You want to be one? Of... <laughs> I could I could a princely elf <laughs> coming into my mind. <laughs> I could I could like I'll crack your skull with my hammer. <laughs> I could be an elf, but I could like get excommunicated and go join the join the dwarfs. Join the dwarfs. <laughs> yeah, Kazadoom. Yeah, a very short elf. Yeah, what? <laughs> be a goblin. 
Let's not go down that route for Christ's sakes. I'd be a hobbit. You'd be a hobbit. Just get drunk. Well, you're already halfway. (laughs) Yeah, basically. (laughs) It's the feet. (laughs) Sorry about that. Okay, so that brings us on to Word of the Week. Word of the Week, yes. What is this Word of the Week? Erstwhile. 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 Uh, Somebody who is worthy, trustworthy, and of good character. Erstwhile. I think it's multitasking. You do something erstwhile doing something else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good, 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 good theory there. Okay, erstwhile. This word refers to things that are not current, that belong to a former time. So something is erstwhile is something from the past. From the past. Oh. Yes. Oh. Erstwhile. I thought I thought that was on okay. topic because it's kind of like in the past. Okay, I've got Lord that. I hope you got it. If you're listening to that one out there. Excellent. Well, that was a fantastic podcast. This Andre. podcast is now erstwhile. Yes. <laughs> it, will well, it will be next week. Okay. <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast, please like and subscribe to this channel and comment below any suggestions of topics or activities you'd like to listen to in future episodes. You can find the Now We Know Show podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon Music and Apple Podcasts. Check out the Zach Wild Productions social media pages on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter or visit the Zach Wild Productions website at www.zachwildproductions.com. Please get in contact, we'd love to find out how you're listening to us. So get in touch in the comments and don't forget to check out Zach Wild Productions on Patreon to become an official ZWP patron today. That's a big Middle Earth goodbye from Zach. That's a big Kaza Doom goodbye from Buzz. That's a hairy throbbit goodbye from Jack. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a big fussy goodbye from Gollum. Goodbye. Goodbye everyone. You shall not Not pass. pass. (laughs) 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 Now we know show. Now we know show.